Welcome to Wake the Bear Radio with your host, Brandon Johnson, Chris Hurst, and Ron Powers. That's right. Oh, well, let's go, Brandon. Yeah. Where are you? Brandon is out tonight. So Brandon <laughs> is at a class being taught at a church over the hill in Cupertino, and it is uh, like a constitution and Christianity and uh, how to be involved in government and stuff. So we're going to hear from him later tonight, and when he calls in, we'll just stop what we're doing and, and get a little bit of uh, information from him. And he's, the class is being taught by Neil Mammon, who was a guest uh, maybe six months ago. Uh, he wrote a book, Jesus is Involved in Politics, so it should be a good night for him. It should, and uh, it'll be fun to hear from him if he gets a little break from his teacher. You know, this time next week, the polls are going to be closed. When we start our show, it'll it'll be too late to vote, so we want to encourage our, our listeners to get out there and vote. Yes, absolutely. So, seven days and counting. We are right on the, the seven-day countdown. And so, uh, don't hesitate. Get in there as early as you can. And just know that um, too late is too late. There were 900 people last, last election that didn't get to uh, cast their vote. Oh, you've got to be kidding. I mean, they, they give you so much time, mail it in. They practically will pay you to do it. You know? Yes, and they drove still. up after the... They weren't in line. Now, if you're in line at 8 o'clock, you can vote. But these individuals throughout the county, Santa Cruz County, 900 of them, uh, came up a little bit late, and so their votes were not cast. It's like the DMV, right? At the very <laughs> end of the day, you got to get in line, and uh, you're already in. So. That's right. So do you have any uh, good wisdom there on uh, some candidates? I, mean, I know we talked about it last week, but uh, it would be a good reminder. And also I want to say that since Chris is going to read off some of these names, if you somehow forget who to vote for, you can go to wakethebearradio.com and just listen to the first two minutes of our show. So with any, uh, no further ado, go for it, Chris. Right. We just want to encourage you to go for candidates that are going to reflect your, what you actually believe in. And so you want to research them a little bit. And we don't want to tell you who to vote for. But remember that this is a significant vote. We talked about it last week that it is a, the two top candidates will go to the November finals. Uh, it sounds like a, in yeah. in the runoff, and so we don't want to dilute the vote. And there are two names um, on the Republican side that just sounded they're strong candidates. One is Anthony, Anthony Tremino, who is a freedom and liberty guy down in Southern California, and he has um, a large contingent behind him. He has a lot of good. Um, good solutions to California's issue. And then the GOP um, recommendation was Brian Dolly, uh, Lieutenant Governor uh, the, uh, David Fennell, and U.S. Senator Mark Muser. And so those would be A.G. Eric Early also was a, a recommendation. Um, those two, uh, the, Nathan Hockman is also running for uh, Attorney General. So either of those two candidates are very, very strong. Uh, Eric, I like Eric because he backs the blue, and he is strong Second Amendment man. Oh, that'll be good, especially for tonight, which the theme will be around Second Amendment and firearms and that whole, quote, controversy. That's right. You know that uh, Georgia... <laughs> They couldn't, they couldn't produce Dropbox videos for the 2020 presidential election. That's kind of new in the news. Surprise, surprise. Uh, yes, and so there are seen to be the video video monitoring of 181,000 cast ballots that didn't have any um, any backup to video, and so they're unable to to get verification on those. And uh, this is the fault of Governor Brian Kemp and Secretary. Secretary of State, um, that is the Georgia Secretary of State. And so we, we know that uh, those are uh, both the governor and the Secretary of State are extremely important positions in the integrity of our voting in California. Yeah, good, good to know. Good to know any more that you have. Otherwise, we will go on to the 
the main... Well, there's a very sad story with Mattel. There's a new transgender doll that is out. Um, The Laverne Cox is... It's made in in that individual's... I didn't know whether to call Laverne uh, he or she... Um, but the, the doll is made in the likeness of Laverne Cox. It came out this week. And what just distresses me is it's a corporate effort to really indoctrinate our kids yeah. at the level of play and innocence and uh, to believe that they might be born in the wrong body and trapped in this wrong body and already start hating themselves at early ages. So um, I, I just be aware that, that these things are out there that not all the toy industry is innocent and you want to make sure that uh, you really monitor what your kids are playing with absolutely it sounds like it's beyond mr potato head where you put mrs (laughs) potato head parts on um it sounds like it's pretty agenda driven yes we seem to like blues clues you know (laughs) with the i mean there is an agenda out there Mm -hmm. i don't know if you've seen any of those oh it just turns your stomach you're like i can't believe this is going to kids but Um, Yeah. Well, people are getting tired of it, too. You know, I I know that uh, I had two people see the new Top Gun movie and they loved it. They said it was their favorite movie. And you know what they loved about it the most? And these aren't two highly, highly political type people. They said they felt like there was no agendas behind it. Wow. Just a good old fashioned blockbuster. A lot of good action. But it wasn't like, oh, we're pushing the wokeness or Mm -hmm. it seems like everything you're watching now. They got that little Mm checkbox. Oh, I got to have the token homosexual in there and the token this and the token that, you know, and it was just was like a good movie. From, All what right. I heard, from what I heard, I haven't seen it yet. So We'll have to send out that recommendation and yeah. get people out with a non-woke agenda. Anything that you can do, watch in that situation Absolutely. is probably worth it. I just want to hit uh, a couple of congressional district um, races that are going to be in our, our election uh, this week. Um, election District 18, Peter Hernandez, he's a strong family and faith guy, and he's... Uh, down in San Benito and Watsonville area. Jeff Gorman, he's, um, he's a, going for a federal assembly. Liz Lowler is going for state assembly in District 28. And Vicki Norton in District 30 is a strong candidate for our uh, state assembly. So uh, make sure that you get out there and vote. Make your opinion count. And uh, we don't want to use the excuse that, that oh, it's going to be taken and uh, stolen anyway. You know, CNN uh, admitted that Dominion machines have flaws and can be exploited this week. That was part of their news. And uh, so you wonder, why are we still using them? I mean, it's a great and significant question. And are we going to start pretending that um, there's no cheating? Their final, uh, their final statement on that, they said, yes, they are very highly vulnerable, but so far there's no evidence that the machines were tampered with. Just the fact that they say they're very highly vulnerable, isn't that enough? I mean, you shouldn't even have to have evidence. Not that they don't. They have plenty. But, you know, it's vulnerable, then don't do it. Yeah, and there are people smarter than the average bear uh, that can tamper with things. And there are things outside of our United States that possibly with security, cybersecurity, that can be um, altered. And so... I mean, that's a real question. Is there interference in our elections, in yeah. our election process? And that does make people wonder when they go out. Even these drop boxes, I've had a lot of my friends say, are they safe? You know, I've seen them. There's some that aren't, um, they, they don't have any surveillance in our county. There are 17 drop boxes in Santa Cruz County, and not all of them are surveilled. The ones in private property are not, for the most part. The ones on public property are. But there is that feeling of, of helplessness and hopelessness of, well, if I go drop it in there, um, you know, is it going to hit the shredder? What's going to happen? Uh, but these are questions people need to feel confident that their vote is going to count. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I I don't know. I think about it all the time and I just, it turns my stomach why people aren't, well, I don't even know. It's uh, People just don't know who to go to. They're like, what can I do to enforce this? Let's get rid of the drop boxes. It just seems like those that are in control, that's where you vote. 
That's where you vote, and that's why it's so important to vote. Even if you don't think it's going to yeah. count, vote, because it makes it harder to cheat. That's right. Uh, let's just uh, mention briefly, because uh, yesterday was an important holiday, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, Memorial Day. My father, my grandfather uh, uh, were both veterans in uh, World War II, and my grandfather in World War I also. And uh, they served. My mother was engaged to a man who got killed in combat. So um, my father was actually, uh, uh, they met each other after that situation. And they, she was a war bride in the Philippines and in the Red Cross. So, so the military and honoring the military fallen are a big part of my family. How about yours? Uh, my father was in the Navy for seven years, uh, stationed in Pearl. Um, luckily, he didn't lose his life, um, but he's a veteran. And I was um, actually born on a submarine base, so I was kind of a Navy baby. So, yeah, so that's, that's all we have. I didn't go down that path, although I'm very patriotic and I do believe in our mm. armed forces. Uh, I'm a little leery about who's sending them off to war. Uh, I think we're involved in a lot of wars today that have nothing to do. You know, our, our founding forefathers said, don't, don't tie us up in foreign affairs that are going to pull us mm. into unwanted wars, you know. And I see that. Uh, I mean, you see that with Ukraine even, right? I mean, yeah. not that we've done war, but, you know, our buddy John Mark Dugan, who That's was right. uh, he was a guest one night, um, and he, he's over there. He's an ex-U.S. Marine, lives in Russia, and he's been going in um, after... The Russians have taken over the, the Ukrainians or taken down the Azovs, and he's gone to their headquarters, and they're videotaping everything, and they're going from room to room, and these headquarters are just full of Nazi paraphernalia. You wouldn't wow. believe it. In fact, um, he pointed out one of the symbols with the black sun, and that black sun was really popular with the Christchurch shooting in Australia, huh. and that guy was inspired to do that massacre from the Ukrainian army, he said. And the guy in Buffalo was inspired by the guy who did the Christchurch massacre. Mm. And so his manifesto, the Buffalo guys, was exactly, almost word for word, the Christchurch. And the Christchurch was inspired by the Azovs in uh, Ukraine. So it's interesting wow. how there's these ties. Mm -hmm. And so at one moment, Joe Biden is blasting, for good reason, blasting this, uh, this kid that's killed all these people in Buffalo. And yet he's giving forty what billion dollars to Ukraine to the very inspirational army of the Azovs, the Nazis over there. So it, there's a total, uh, you know, contradiction there and um, hypocritical wow. situation. So yeah, and so it's it's very interesting. And also what they're finding now is even the guy in Buffalo, and this is kind of goes with our theme about you know guns and and mass murder and things like that, is that um, the guy from Buffalo, he was in a, his own private chat room with 15 different people. One of those people they they're finding out was a retired federal agent, and it looks like he was feeding them because like you know this this uh, this guy I have it written here his name uh, I think it's Drake. Jerry Drake, Jerry Drake something. Um, anyway, he he uh, he was saying, man, I just want to kill myself, and and then he's talking about I, I need to go out and 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 do some harm to others, and I'm probably gonna die. And and then this guy says, you're not gonna die, you moron. He says, just you know, stay true to what you want to do. And mm -hmm. and basically, he says, stay true to your pledge. And he goes, which pledge? The one last week. So they're thinking he made a pledge to do this at an earlier date. That's what it sounded like. It was mm -hmm. really creepy. And this is a federal agent that's that's going back and forth with them. So, and you know, what's scary about that is, is you know, a lot of people talk about false, false flags. Mm -hmm. And even my wife said, well, how can they get somebody to do that? I mean, who's, yeah. you know, how do you yeah. make, a, make it happen? Well, you find unstable people. And there was an interesting story about where this, these parents, and this one made a, a small bit of news, but the parents caught the FBI. They had a son, a 23-year-old son who was mentally ill, and uh, he had a lot of issues and huh. severely mentally ill. And they were talking him into being a right-wing terrorist. That's what they wanted. The kid didn't have a job. He had no money or anything. He was dependent on his parents. Yet now he gets an automobile, and then he gets all this fake fertilizer to make a bomb and they were going to do this threat you know and that was all supplied because parents didn't pay for it and that kid yeah. didn't have any money and so they caught them and they blew the and they told the fbi these people you stay away from our son you're bad influence and stuff wow and that was in 2018 
Wow. Yeah. That's so. amazing. So um, do you think self-defense is our own business or is it the business of the government? Well, if my life is valuable to me. I'm going to say I'm not going to give 100% of that responsibility to somebody else, especially if they're just hirelings. You know, we did a Bible study this morning in John 10.10 10, where uh, it said Jesus is saying, hey, I am the, I am the good shepherd. And he says, you know, others that, that uh, work the pen and, and they, they don't own you or they, they're, they're – how am I saying it? When it gets rough, they'll leave. They don't care. They don't love the sheep. But the mm -hmm. owner of the sheep yeah. will will do everything and sacrifice himself to protect. So I think the government's more of a hireling, just like we saw yes. in this Uvalde. Uvalde, where they stood yeah. down and waited 45 minutes to an hour before going in. I mean, there was even a story about the guy who who shot who shot uh, the the murderer and his name. Uh, where is it? He anyway. He's getting a haircut, right? And his wife is a teacher at that school. And she calls and says, hey, there's a shooter here. And he gets out of the, the barbershop, borrows the barbershop's uh, shotgun, and goes to the school. And he rescues his, his uh, child and his wife and then goes in and winds up being the guy who shot him. Wow. And I, he was I an heard that some who went in, control. they were considered a little rogue, the one that actually... Um, uh, gave the kill shot to Salvador Romas, uh, yes. who was the 18-year-old shooter that uh, went to the elementary school. And we, we do not want to um, minimize the sorrow for the people in Texas. Um, we want to put our, our prayers along with all over the nation. Prayers are being sent to those families to those schoolmates who did survive, I can't imagine what impact this little town yeah. is going to have as a result of the death of 19 children and two teachers and uh, the gun, the gunman himself, the shooter himself. Evidently, uh, he crashed his car and shot at some witnesses before he even entered the school. It was yeah. a very strange scenario, wasn't it? Uh, even the new truck and the, the arms that he got were, like, really expensive, two of them. So a lot of people are looking into that, like, well, this doesn't sound like it would just have come from him. You know what really struck me about those children? Uh, that must have been incredibly uh, scary. It was. Uh, I remember reading where one girl, she covered herself in another kid's blood. And acted like she was dead. Wow. Can you imagine having to, no. to, to pull the blood off of someone that just got shot and put it on yourself? I mean, a survival, and it was smart of her to do that, but mm -hmm. how tragic and what kind of trauma is that going to create? Yeah, these so, are fourth graders, aren't they, I think, yeah. that were, that underwent this. You know, I, I know a 911 was calling from inside the room for quite a while, and, and we know, first I want to say that... Um, We've gotten a lot of reports in this first few days, uh, but we know from other mass shootings, from other news situations, that often we don't get the fullness of the story. Uh, early media reports are often wrong. And uh, right now we know that some of the reports are being slanted for political purposes, but whether or not the the police made a bad call or didn't make a bad call, um, uh, that still remains to be seen. I was in um, public safety in the fire department, and we had, a, we had a protocol that it was very easy to figure out, when do you go into a, a burning building? Well, we, it, we, had a, uh, we knew that we would risk a lot to save a life. We would risk a little to save um, property. And uh, if it was obvious that the, the building was coming down, we didn't need to risk. We would do a, a, a defensive position and we'd put a lot of water from the outside. We wouldn't go in at all. And I know the police department that they, they do those active uh, shooter scenarios. And um, right now I know they've, they've said, well, they've got in, in the police department since... Um, the Black Lives Matter, and through, there's a lot of turnover in these departments, and they may not be as qualified. I have a hard time believing that those 19 officers that went in there would not have 
given their lives for those children. So that we know that there was an incident command system with the, the police chief was the incident com commander, and he said it was no longer an active shooter situation. It was a barricade suspect. There was a different strategy, even though there, were, there was gunshot going off. And the discipline of officers to not go rogue, you know, I, I've got to commend them, and I, I don't want to point any fingers towards those 19 officers. Yeah. Um, because, you know, we are not going to be the, the Monday morning quarterbacks who said, you know, why didn't they? They didn't because their commander uh, told them not to. Now, uh, the chain of command needs to be examined. And the Department yeah. of Justice says they are going to investigate what happened. So we will get the truth. Um, but what remains is that it was a tragedy, um, somewhat predictable, I think because the, the, the young man had a, a mental illness um, history. Uh, he tortured animals and he, yeah, um, he just, he, he, there was something off. He killed his cat. About him and, yeah. and uh, the police knew about it. And so, and he had threatened uh, a few years before that he would go to the school and, and kill people. So yeah. we know that it, it really wasn't a gun situation. Yeah. It was a mental illness situation. So when we hear of people trying to politicize somebody's tragedy, we've got to say time out. That is just, that's despicable. Yeah. And uh, they say he was bullied, you know, and I, I know there's pictures of him wearing a dress. I don't know if that contributed to his being bullied or what, but, uh, you know, there's, there's quite a few issues with this young man. So very sad. Um, you know, I was looking at uh, the list of the worst mass murders. Uh, I know that sounds a little bit morbid, but I wanted to see where that one, because it's already on the list. And, uh, you know, the worst one in the States was? It was done back in 1927. And the guy used dynamite and kerosene. So, you know. Yikes. Yeah, you can get the dynamite at, high, um, at the hardware store back then. But, you know, what's interesting about that was is that's the worst mass murder uh, situation that they've had in this country. And they don't outlaw, well, they outlaw uh, <laughs> dynamite. But you don't use dynamite as a defense. I mean, you know, it's, it's a, an offense thing, right? You're either taking down a building or blowing a new mine shaft or something like that but yeah. you know it's not something like oh i'm gonna have a stick of dynamite in case someone breaks into my house i'll level <laughs> us all out you know it's yes. not so so dynamite is not on the second amendment list no there's a reason why we have a second amendment one is for self-protection and when the other one is is to actually keep the government in line you know a government fears the people you don't want the people fearing the government you know i wanted to give a little bit of a justification um you know i've also seen some some liberal friends of mine online say hey i don't understand this thing about people claim to be christian and yet they have this second amendment this this fetish with guns you know that this seems contradictory to me and you know i i gave them some verses but i wanted to to just quickly show one verse that that stuck out and that is um, basically the right to protect yourself. And in Exodus, Exodus uh, 22, 2 and 3, it says, um, If a thief is caught while breaking in and is struck so that he dies, there will be no blood guiltness on his account. But if the sun has risen on him, there will be blood guiltness on his account. So what do you think that means? Well, if, if the, a lot of thieves came at night, like you've heard of thief in the night, right? It was common that if you're going to have a, a thief come, he comes in, in, in the night. Well, you don't know his intention. And so if he's going just to steal, you don't know if he's coming to rape or kill. And, you know, um, corporal punishment or, or those type of corporal punishments were for, for murder and for raping. But there's no death penalty for stealing in the scriptures. So if he was going into stealing, but it's at night, you don't know what his intentions are. But if it's during the day, you will know. So if the sun is risen and this happens and you catch him, you know, taking your, your pie off the window or, or something like that, you know, um, you know what his intentions are. And it's like, okay, that's not a, really a self-defense. So there is some blood guiltness. So anyway, I thought that was very interesting. It definitely gives room for, uh, for that protection. I, we got a call. I'm not sure if that's going to be Brandon or not. We're going to hold off on calls and, uh, for a couple minutes more. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, that's such a, it just reflects the heart of God, doesn't it? 
Yeah. I mean, he is not a harsh judge, but he wants a family to be protected, uh, fathers and mothers to protect their children. Absolutely. So, so there's two worldviews coming out here, right? I mean, a Christian worldview is that people can't be trusted in themselves. When no one's looking, they tend to do things that are self-pleasing, self-seeking, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. And then there's another worldview that says people are inherently good. And if you just allow them to be themselves, they'll ultimately be good. And so what happens is, is people say, just take away all the guns and then everybody will be good and because you won't be tempted. And it's like, well, actually, it's if you look at the statistics, and I don't know if it was you or Brandon that got, got that out this week, and I'm going to have it in the show notes. Incredible. It's just the facts. It's called Just Facts. And it's about gun laws and, and how does it affect. So one, one group of people say, if you take away the guns, crime will go down. And then there's another group, which the people are pro-Second Amendment. They say, that's not going to change anything. It hasn't. So we need to be the last line of defense. Mm -hmm. And so we need to have guns for our own protection. And so, yeah, they did a lot of surveys of people who already were in uh, jail and, and they were trying to ascertain, does having a gun protect someone uh does it keep them does it scare off the thief or does it scare off the the person coming in to to do a crime and the survey that they took to felons in 11 state prisons across the u.s they found out that 34 percent of those people in that prison had been scared off shot at wounded or captured by an armed uh, victim and 40% had decided not to commit a crime because they knew or believed that the victim was carrying a gun. And finally, 69%, which is uh, a lot, it's, uh, yeah. it's a high percentage, personally knew other criminals who had been scared off, shot at, wounded, or captured by an armed victim. That's an interesting term because we won't hear the term armed victim on the left right no will we no. but that's it the reality is is so so what that shows is that there was a lot of deterrent uh crime as a result of having being able to defend yourself absolutely hey you know what it sounds like uh, it looks like brandon is on so let's just drop uh what we're doing we'll get back to that i'm going to get uh, brandon on we need uh brandon you're live brandon can you hear us yes i'm here awesome so where are you at? So yeah, I'm over here in Cupertino right now with uh, Neil Mammon's class, and he's teaching a class on why Christians should be involved in politics right now. And it's a fantastic class. There's all different ages here, um, from young to old. We're actually in the youth um, building, and there's young and old together, all learning about civics. They're all learning about um, how important it is for everybody to be involved in politics. He's debunking myths. Um, that um, Christians shouldn't be involved in politics. And he's also um, talking a lot about how, over the years, Christians have stopped infanticide, they've stopped um, slavery. Every time Christians got involved in politics, bad laws were, were, were stopped and good laws were voted in. So, um, and then he just went through the statistics and talked about how, how many people, um, if, if Christians actually voted, that the laws would change in this country for the better, but there's uh, millions, only 20 million Christians vote, and there's like 90 million evangelicals. So he's trying to change this direction. He's trying to change this direction right now by preaching and teaching this hey, to young and old. Hey, Brandon, there's a lot of competition with you and, and uh, Neil in the background teaching. Um, yeah, let me, let me get Neil on real quick. Okay. <laughs> we'll get Neil. Well, that'll stop the background noise. There you go. <laughs> Very creative. Absolutely. So he's getting Neil right now. So we'll see. So, hey, so Neil, so Neil, I'm in here. So I'm, I'm in here right now with Neil Mammon, and we're in the class with a young and old over here at Valley Christian uh, Valley Church, right? And he's teaching a class. And what I love about it, he's teaching civics to all age groups. And I really believe this is an important thing for us to do: is to actually teach the truth to the next generation because they're the ones that are going to actually be able to change things. we working together, the young and the old. And so Neil just talked about, about how important it is for uh, Christians to be involved in politics, and he's actually doing it by educating people here right now. Um, Neil, you're on live with uh, KSCO Radio, and everybody in the room, you're, you're in live with KSCO Radio over in Santa Cruz. So everyone want to say hi? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Do you guys do you guys think that Christians should be involved in politics? Yeah. So Neil, I was just 
And so, Ron, so Neil's here right now, and I just wanted him to just address our audience for just a moment. And, sure. And uh, say hi. Hey, how's it going? It's going great, Neil. It's actually going wonderful now that we, uh, we're we hearing your voice. Yeah, again. welcome back okay. to Wake the Bear Radio. <laughs> yeah, thanks. It's a while back. So I want to, I think the best argument, the best thing we can do, uh, both as Christians and as uh, who believe in fair government or government, we've got to convince the Christians. Out, and one way is to talk to our pastors. And I think the right way to do it is the argument I find most effective is you run into a pastor, you talk to a pastor, pastor, do you think that child prostitution should be legal? And the pastor will say no. And I said, what well, do you think slavery should be legal? The pastor will say no. Do you think that wife uh, kidnapping should be legal? The pastor will say no. I said, well, you know that uh, those three things, and uh, gladiatory combat, death stain, unfair treatment of prisoners, even cruel treatment of animals, and thousands and thousands of laws were only changed because Christians got involved in politics. Pastor, don't you think that it would be very horrible, mean-spirited, and unloving, and unchristian for us to not be involved in politics because then we're saying all those things are still illegal? And I think that's a great argument because pastors have never been able to refute that. And they've just they've been kind of dumbfounded. They look at me like, oh, I never thought about that. Well, that's, a, that's a great point. That's a good one. Take note, people. Talk to your pastor and, uh, and, and put that forth. That's a great, uh, yeah, that's true. Because it, you, you make it really obvious on some laws and they say, oh, no, I'd definitely be against that. And, and you tell them how, that's how it happened, how we got that law. That's a great way to do it. A little bit of history and a little thought provoke there. Now, is yeah, your, Ron, go ahead, go ahead, Chris. Is, your is this class a, a one-night class or what is it? How could, well, how could our listeners know more about it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I should mention that. So if you go to uh, youtube.noblindfaith.com, we're live streaming it there. It's, uh, we got two more classes after this. So it's uh, every Tuesday night at 7. Perfect. youtube.noblindfaith.com. Okay, no, uh, youtube.noblindfaith.com. So youtube.noblindfaith.com. Okay. Perfect. YouTube.noblindfaith.com. Noblindfaith.com. And, uh, yeah, check it out. Check it out. At least the first hour. First <laughs> hour. <laughs> well, well, awesome. Yeah, yeah, you can live stream at any time, so even after it's over. So it's, it's put up there. So we want to definitely encourage people to go and watch this, get their pastors to watch it, get people at church to watch it. You know, one of the things we showed a video at our church recently, we showed the 2,000 mules. Video. And I called on Saturday. And I texted a few friends, and I said, we're going to show this, and we have like 35 people show up but within a day's notice. So there's a way to start utilizing the pulpit. Uh, you know, I, I really believe that we're supposed to reconnect the church the pastors back to the colonial pastors because the colonial pastors were known as the Black Robe Regiment. The, the British hated them because they preached the gospel of freedom and that it would actually affect and, and disciple the nation that was being founded. And so I really believe that we're actually supposed to be doing that. That's We're supposed so to be good. Amen. So. Amen. Well, awesome. Yeah. It's good okay. to... Yeah. I was just saying, it's good to hear your voice. I'm glad you're enjoying that class. I know if it's Neil's a, teaching it, it's going to be a great class. It's a great class. Yeah, Neil's, Neil's amazing. So, so you got to... Yeah, let's give Neil a hand. He's doing awesome. Woo! Awesome. And I, I, did, I did get my book signed by Neil tonight. Oh, uh, awesome. You know, like Christians should be involved in politics, so you can get that online as well. So, thank you, Brandon. All right, well, hey, good, okay. good talking to you guys. I'm going to get back in this class. It's really good. So, sounds I'll great. Talk, I'll, be, I'll be back. And I'll, actually, one of the things we're talking about next week is also we're talking about gun violence, and then we're also talking about getting people out and voting. So, um, they're talking about the who to, who to vote for, who's conservative, there's, that there's sort of thing. Fixing on gun violence, as horrible as the kids who have died from guns in there. Governments have killed over 286 million people of their own. Wow. Yeah. They didn't have guns. Because they didn't have guns. Yep, that's right. Last line pick of defense. Pick, pick which one you want, you know. Well, I love the fact okay. that the, uh, a father and a, and a spouse picked up a shotgun and went and got the kids out of the building when the paid hands were sitting around doing nothing. Doing nothing. That's right. So, yeah, that's not in the news, I know. Yeah, these guys are on fire here. You guys can check out this class. <laughs> All right. Well, take note, right. audience. Okay. I'll take the notes. I'll let you know, guys. God bless. Okay. Um, Bye-bye. Thank you. Okay, and we have another call. And, and this 
person has been on for a while, so I'm going to take it right now. Caller, you're on the air. Hi there. Great show. This is Pure Heart and Aptos. Oh, awesome, Pure Heart. I was just uh, looking at some videos about the Uvalde uh, event, mm-hmm. and I see that the school district is no longer no longer cooperating with the probe. I saw a video earlier today, though, of uh, CNN is talking to a father, a sad father holding us a picture of his allegedly slain daughter. The competing network had the same photograph, the same picture of the daughter, with a different father holding the picture. So that was interesting to see. Yes. um, Things like that. There's a um, YouTube video you can find called, about Sandy Hook, called 18 Unanswered Questions. It's difficult to find. You really have to search down deep because it's kind of suppressed. So search for 18 Unanswered Questions about Sandy Hook and look, look through those. And that and then, would be the title for searching? Yeah, it's eight, 18, yeah. I take it duck, duck, go. And, and then, <laughs> yeah, try a different search engine. And then come back and look at the Uvalde event again. Mm. Yeah, definitely. So, There's a anyway, lot of questions. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Great show. Thanks, well, Thank you. Pure Thanks heart. for calling in. Thanks Pure a heart. lot. You know, that that does bring up, you know, there's some things that could be fishy. Uh, So like we mentioned before, what we see on the news, we have got to take with discernment. And we know that um, everything isn't as it appears on the surface. Yeah. I was just reading an article by a former intelligence agent, and he says everything you see that's like a mass murder has been, he, he believes, has been programmed. It's been thought out before. So... You know, I don't know, but the fact that he had that position in the U.S. government and he's saying that, it makes me at least question it. Hey, we've got another caller, Stephen. Stephen, you're on the air. We've got another call here. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that religious spokespeople are coming out in favor of actually making a difference in the world that they like to preach so much in. It gives them a chance to practice what they preach, you might say. Absolutely. But I, I, but I would like to say this. Where religion is needed is in a fight against evil. And right now, so far, all religion has been AWOL about the evidence that proves our government is molesting us with the man who really killed John Lennon, author Stephen King. Until they help us with that dilemma, it's all just smoke. Well, I appreciate that. Yes, I do believe that the church, for the most part, has taken a back seat, although there are large groups that have taken a front seat, I mean, front line um, or flashpoint. Uh, I would say check them out, flashpoint, um, victory. Uh, what is it, go victory? I have it all uh, bookmarked. You know, Mario Murillo, Lance Wall now. Mm-hmm. And, um, but anyway, yes, Stephen, I uh, appreciate your call there. You know, one of the things that's interesting is when a situation like um, this occurs, there was a White House response that was very fast, as the White House should, and it... But but the first thing out of Biden's mouth was he was attacking the police um, for their... uh, They're not... They're basically not being able to respond well, and they're not doing their jobs well. And he had also, the week before, attacked the police... A few days before the shooting, um, and he had he has actually set into place some executive orders over police misconduct that would create a new data system to surveil both the police and the military. I don't know if you had heard about it, but um, it's basically to make sure that the enemy hasn't infiltrated our agencies. And uh, it's basically the thought police. So if there's ideas that they're they're not um, they're not in line with the with the the agency's ideas completely, there is a possibility that they can be uh, they can be surveilled under this new agency as possible infiltrators. And when Biden went to uh, Uvalde, he wanted to meet with the Border Patrol. I don't know if you noticed that, but they wouldn't um, meet with him because he asked them all to take off their weapons before they would meet with him. And I think they were so, so offended, um, offended that they they would not meet with him and they left without... Um, they declined to meet with the president of the United States was their statement. Good for them. Well, he's not really the president. He's the resident. I mean, no, really, he is. He is an illegal person in that office right now. He stole the election. It is clear as day. If you watch 2,000 Mules, you'll see it. 
I mean, I believed it way before that, but uh, this is a coup, coup d'etat. And, and this guy's an imposter. I hate to say it. I don't mean to be disrespectful for the office, but it is. And, and then you, what Obama, what did he say about the, uh, the shooting at the school? Of well, he was pretty, pretty dug on fast with his comments. Yeah, I, went I, right to George Floyd. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, are you starting a race war now? Are you starting more rioting? I mean, why would you bring that up? Are, are you trying to, like, somehow mend the two together? As, as the same mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, it was a very fast anti-cop narrative. And the, he basically said two years have passed since, since the, uh, George Floyd died under the knee of a, a police officer. And he was pushing his race narrative instead of speaking compassion to the parents who had just lost their lives. I mean, it was, it was very quick. And then Chuck Schumer, within hours had a throwdown bill on gun control presented, and uh, he called for Democrats to support gun control um, by by uh, voting in the Democrats in this primary and in November. And so um, there's a lot of leveraging of this incident, this very tragic incident, for political purposes. And we don't want to use kids to forward a gun control or an anti-gun control narrative on either part that is um totally inappropriate we know that that um there are other there are a lot of other real issues like americans that have died due to fentanyl overdose did you know that in 2020 there were more than 990,000 deaths of americans due to fentanyl overdose and and so Instead of cherry-picking these narratives of um, this, this tragedy, if we took care of our border, which is letting in a lot of military-grade weapons, is letting in a lot of other things that are killing Americans, like uh, illegal drugs, is letting in child trafficking situations where, where people are being held uh, in uh, hostage under very cruel situations and by the, the people that they owe money to for bringing them to America. Um, if we kept our eyes on the real issues instead of cherry-picking cherry the, the, this type of incident, I think we would work more toward solving what America needs. Absolutely. You know, it, it, the, the fentanyl thing just blows my mind. That's literally 10,000 people shy of 1 million people yes. in the last year. And I know yes. even in Santa Cruz, I mean, I, I know that, again, I work at the, uh, you know, behind the courthouse on Saturday mornings washing clothes uh, at the homeless camp. And they tell me we lost another person. And I remember at one point it was like within the year they lost 25 people. Oh. And a lot of them were fentanyl overdoses. And I think they got a couple of those, uh, what are they called, the P, P, um, pecan? I mm-hmm. think that's what they call it, you know, in, in case uh, someone starts to go into, uh, uh, I don't know. Oh, Narcan. Narcan, that's yes. it, Narcan, yeah. Yes, it's an opiate reversal, yes. Yeah, somebody has uh, supplied two of them and that, that were at the camp and... and they, you know, but sometimes they run out too. Yeah, I mean, it's just so devastating and sad to hear the story. You know, and mm-hmm. people say, "Oh, we lost another one." You know, well, and that's a local, um, that's a local manifestation of the issue. I mean, this is a DEA statistic, so it wasn't uh, fake news. It was right off the DEA um, website. But you're right; it's it's ten thousand shy of a million people yeah. in 2020 died of fentanyl overdose you know i see the wisdom that uh president trump had you know putting a, a wall on that border and it wasn't about hate because that was his big thing too he said you know we got drugs that are just flowing in and you know when you make guns illegal what's going to happen to the price of guns they're going to go up and that's going to be even more of a motivation to to bring them over the border right guns because it's like hey we don't have to we don't have to deal with the local uh, you know Perry's gun shop down the street <laughs> we have to uh, get it all the way from south of the border and now all of a sudden you've created a black market and believe me Black markets seem to do fine. I mean, you know, marijuana was illegal for years. Now it came to the point of illegal because half the people were smoking it, right? Yeah. And it's like it doesn't seem to work. And, and the statistics that we'll have in our show notes show that when they put a gun restriction or a gun ban law into effect, like in Chicago area and stuff like mm-hmm. that, it didn't change. It did not change the stats of crime. And that's what people, unfortunately, liberals have to get – they have to understand that, that the statistics are not on their side. 
Yeah. Did you uh, hear Donald Trump's uh, when he addressed the NRA? And wasn't it interesting that this situation occurred just prior to the NRA convention in what was it, Houston? Or I think it was. Yeah, it was the same state though. Same state. Know. Yeah. And what what um, what struck me is very early on he just he just named the nineteen children Why by name. And it, I, I mean, it was really, if you listen to him as he gave his, he gave, he wanted to honor the names um, and, and he, he really put the blame where the blame uh, belonged. It wasn't in, on a gun, it was on a system of mental illness. And then he started laying out what he would do to change things. He talked about the, the money that was sent um, to Ukraine that to fix their infrastructure to support them, had we put more money into uh, security of our own children, then we really that's where our priorities should be. We take care of what is at home first, and we fix that which is broken. I mean, a lot of people that are against the MAGA, make America great again, or put America first. I mean, that's just common sense. If you live in this nation, you secure your borders, you, you make sure your children are taken care of, that, that they're safe at school, that their schools have good quality. You take care of your infrastructure, and then in your overflow, you begin generously to help other nations. Yeah. So I was really struck that... Um, he called on Biden. He said, don't be blaming the gun lobbies, lobbyists. This isn't uh, their fault. Uh, what you're, when you do, you're talking to other Americans like us. And the truth is, that's true. When Biden uh, smears the, the gun lobby or, or those, they're, they're really, um, they're talking about the average American who wants to, to secure the boundary of his home and to defend himself. I think last year uh, there were, there were uh, quite a few statistically new gun owners in America. One-third of them were women. And uh, I think it, it speaks to the desire to feel like you're safe. And I think a lot of women are waking up to, um, it might be 15 minutes before the police come, uh, so I need to be able to know how to reasonably use a firearm and to protect myself because there may not be anybody else. And I know as a as a single woman and as a single mom, um, I had a couple incidences of um, of burglary uh, that I was very uncomfortable. I mean, it was very frightening. Um, and I wish I had had a firearm at that time because I had two small children in the house. So just know that uh, that the issue is not the gun. It's the just like if someone gets hit by a car and killed, the issue is not the car. Yeah, I've I've seen a bumper sticker that Ted Kennedy's killed more people with his car than I did with my handgun, which <laughs> oh, uh, you know it it almost is uh, Pelosi. What's her husband's name? It's either Paul or John, but Paul. Yeah, yeah. He, he had a DUI two nights ago and he crashed into a jeep. Uh, he could have killed more people with his car, his Porsche, than uh, than I did with my gun. So um, anyway. yeah, I, and you know we don't want to politicize the situation either for a. Um, uh, anti-gun control type of situation. We just want to give our compassion. This is a difficult time that we're living in. I think it's going to be a very challenging summer. I think that uh, that we need to stay in hope. I just wanted to read uh, Thomas Paine uh, from the American Crisis. He wrote these words. Uh, they're just great American words, and they remind us of, of the roots of the type of people that we came from. These are the times that try men's souls. The summer soldier and the sunshine patriot will in this crisis shrink from the service of their country. But he that stands by it now deserves the love and the thanks of man and woman. Tyranny like hell is not easily conquered. Yet we have this consolation with us, that the harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. What we obtain too cheap, we often esteem too lightly. It is dearness only that gives everything its value. I'm thinking about those little ones, those mm -hmm. little children. Heaven knows 
how to put a proper price upon its goods. And it would be strange indeed if so celestial an article as freedom should not be highly rated. And so, you know, we know that um, who the sun set free is free indeed, that the good news of the gospel of the kingdom found in Jesus is a message of freedom. And that uh, you know, um, even the smallest sparrow that falls, God sees. I was on a walk today and, and we found a, I found a little bird. I brought it home and, and I'm feeding him right uh, tonight he's, he's, he survived. And, and I thought about that. God sees the, the littlest one. And so we are not with, without hope. We have the God of all hope who wants to fill us with peace and hope um, on our side. But there is a real battle going on for our heart. And uh, there's a real battle going on for the spirit of this nation. So we just want to encourage our listeners to stay strong Keep your eyes on the prize. Know that this is going to be a summer of challenges, um, but that uh, having done everything to stand, you need to stand firm. What do you think, Ron? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Hey, you know, do you want to go over that list of names? We just want to honor, and by saying these names, we would ask that you pray for those families. I can't imagine losing a child. Um, it's got to be the worst thing any parent could go through. So I don't know if you have those names I to do. print it out. Why don't you do that? Yeah. We want to honor the following of the fallen during this massacre. Alexandria Rubio, Alethea Ramirez, Amory Garza, Annabelle Guadalupe Rodriguez, Eliana Cruz Torres, Eli Garcia, Jacqueline Cazares, Jayla Nicole Silguera, Jance, Luvanas, Jose Flores, Leila Salazar, McKenna Lee Elrod, Maddie Rodriguez, Miranda Mathis, Navai Bravo, Rogelio Torres, Tess Marie Mata, Uzja Garcia, Javier Lopez, and the two teachers, Eva Morales and Irma Garcia. Father, we just lift up to you these families, and we just pray that your spirit would come upon them, give them strength during this very, very difficult time. Give them strength, give them hope, Father, uh, the way that only you could. And I just pray that the community around would also gather around these people. And Father, that they would be protected from being used for a political agendas in any way. And I just pray a protection over them and the rest of the school that had to uh, endure such a trauma. So we just pray, you are the great healer, and we ask that you yes. would do an inner healing to each of these people that have experienced this loss. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. God bless our listeners and God bless the families of these fallen ones. We'll see you next week. This has been Wake the Bear Radio on KSCO, 1080 on your AM dial. Oh.